0: Was a very packed theater Childish, with I'm sure. people who <laughs> smelled like they were from Midsummer. Oh, fantastic!
1: <laughs> this was Burning Man Midsummer. Got it. Yeah.
2: Cap and we're, we're the ghouls cool next door, you know. <laughs> always the lag,
0: love it. Uh, welcome <laughs> to another episode of The Girls Next Door. It is November, so as promised, we are featuring some phenomenal guests, uh, specifically in the horror genre, in the podcasting world, people who understand us on a deep level, <laughs> our passion for this genre, um, and we are super excited for our guest today, uh, who is Prince from Nightlight podcast hi prince
1: hey thank you so much for having me on the show gabe and cat i'm so excited to be here so thank you so much for having me
2: We're excited yes. for you
1: Oh, thank, you. thank you. I feel so loved and warm inside.
0: Oh, yay. This is a safe space for horror enthusiasts. I love it.
1: I love it. Yes. My, my heart is made out of pumpkins is what I like to say. So there we go. Aww. Oh, that's
0: cute. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, for our listeners, uh, Prince Jackson is the co-host of Nightlight, a horror movie podcast, which is a show that focuses on horror films and breaks films down by the plot to decipher the question question why horror uh and he is a new father joining us all the way from california you got that new baby
1: i do i do yes you can you can definitely see pictures of my daughter every now and then on twitter um at the head night but yeah it, it's so it's so cool being a dad it's it's so different it's interesting it's uh it's hard <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's hard um but it's just pretty cool being able to actually like kind of be there for her and know that I can teach her more and more and more. Um, I'm actually really, really excited for all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. That's super exciting. We were like just talking about it beforehand. Yeah. Um, Kat and I are not mothers. We don't have children, but <laughs> Kat yeah. was like, it's, so, it's, <laughs> it's like time, a shock. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We were talking about how it's like, you know, even harder with like, COVID and corona, it's like a whole new it's like totally different from what it was what did Kat say? You said it was like the old farming
2: times. (laughs) Oh yeah, because the kids don't leave, they're always there so like, you're their whole world and constant source of entertainment so it's like, usually like in the before time, kids would go to school and you'd have like that break (laughs) <laughs> Which isn't a break because you're doing work and stuff. But like, but like in, in this time, it's like, oh, no, it's all the time. You have right. to just not traumatize them all the time. And exactly. it's a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my wife is a teacher. So she she's very used to having a lot of kids just always constantly hovering around her. Um mm-hmm. So she... It, it, it's kind of like a, a little thing in the back of her head where it's just like, well, I'm kind of still teaching still, even though yeah. we're we're both on our uh, leave right now. But I actually go to my day job uh, very, very soon. I think next week. Uh, oh, when, I, when you guys re- actually have this episode out, I'll be at work again. But um, I'm not excited about that. But my husband be back a <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's kind of strange how uh, things are slowly getting back to normal, but with right. this hesitancy of like, okay, we're gonna give this a try, but like it might go bad. Right, <laughs> we're gonna have to reset again.
1: Exactly. Like you're not gonna catch me in theaters anytime soon. No way, no mm-hmm. how. Even though the UK just did get Saint Maud, and I am slightly jealous because my friend Zoe. I don't know if you, if you're both are familiar with Zobo, uh, Zobo with a Shotgun. Um, mm-hmm, she's no. uh based out in UK. She has a website Zobo with a shotgun. Um, she's great. She's fantastic. But she went to go see Saint Maud last night, and her theater was completely empty. And I was like, What? <sighs> oh, that is the dream. If that if I had that experience for like a quiet place or something. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did have that for Midsummer. So that that was my experience with Midsummer. It was only like maybe four people inside there. Uh, so that was great.
0: That's fine. <laughs> maybe if we had had that experience, we would have liked it because our experience was a very packed theater with people who... smelled like they were from midsummer oh
1: fantastic <laughs> this was burning man midsummer got it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're
0: like oh no one owns deodorant oh okay. i love it
1: oh man yeah. I, I did watch midsummer twice and the second time i did watch it i did have a little bit more of a childish group uh where we we had the very uncomfortable rape scene um uh, mm-hmm. w- yeah. with christian uh, christian no yeah. Yeah, christian. Yeah, christian, yeah the other one's danny um and the redhead chick, I don't remember her name, but everyone was just bursting out in the, in the laughter. And I was like, this is, yeah, this, this is uncomfortable. Trauma. Like this yeah. makes it even worse to me. Like you mm-hmm. shouldn't be laughing at this. This is, this is pretty horrible. <laughs> like, but <all> right. <laughs> to yeah. Each their own to each their own.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, it's, it's a funny, it's a fun experience. Like depending on, uh, the, the crowd that you're in, because like, oh yeah watching movies is always like a community community event but horror mm-hmm. movies are also very much a community event and like even more so because it's like we're all scared together we're all like right. reacting you got like all of us inside are like run you know some <laughs> of us are vocal about it cat and i are both movie talkers
2: yeah. um, <laughs> we make commentary the entire time and it's horrible it. for people who don't enjoy that but great for us oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah
0: um that's why we when we host watch parties it's like our favorite thing because it's like an ongoing just stream of chat of all of us like roasting yes. things or, or commenting Talking but crap. it's safe
1: absolutely yeah. that's a blast <laughs> you can't hear <laughs> <Love> it <that. laughs>
0: but i think like there are some like if you get the right group it could be like a really impactful like it could totally change your view of a film or mm-hmm. like create like this memory of the film so like right. for example um there's like a local, because we're in Philadelphia, there's a local show called Black Sci-Fi. And so they do um, like TV, they go to conventions and they had hosted um, their Day for Black Panther. Oh, cool. And so it was like, we didn't get to go see that. But from uh, experiences, like people were saying it was like such a phenomenal experience to see people like dressed up. Yeah. Like, like in traditional african cool. like being surrounded by people who look like you and are being like excited about. Like, yeah. this film and understanding the severity of it. And then it. they did a, a screening of Us that we got oh, to go see. Nice. And it was so good. It's just, uh. it's just, like, so nice to be around, like, people who are like, oh, you get it. Right, <laughs> yeah, <right>. You know. <laughs> oh, <man>.
1: You understand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. I wish yeah. we had stuff more like that in San Francisco. We uh, typically have um, – We do have like Alamo Draft House and stuff like that, which they have Terror Tuesdays, uh, which is fun. That's pretty fun. But I wish we had more of like a smaller knit film community around here. Um, There's just kind of like those pompous pretentious people who are just really big-headed about their film sometimes and it's just like I really don't want to be around you I kind of just want to be around you know another horror nerd right now like I, I'm completely fine not com- conversing with you at this moment but it's yeah, uh, yeah. but it, it, I mean I love film just as much as the next person like I love I love every different types of film and I have a very open mind when it comes to it but I just sometimes I just really want to just be with my horror family. That's all I want in my life.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, Roger Ebert. Like, (laughs) you know, uh, sir, you don't get it, right? don't get it.
1: (laughs) Although I I will. I do have to give some of, uh, I guess, that outlet credit nowadays. They do have a lot more fan base for horror now, which is pretty cool. So I'm I'm pretty stoked on that. I, I think Roger Ebert gave Hereditary a three out of four. So it's just, I was like, all right, I like it. All right. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Progress.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is like, it's, it's funny. I've been, um, I saw some of your, your tweets about, uh, the haunting of Bly Manor, which we haven't yeah. watched yet. Um, but I really do want to, but based on like some of the, the, the comments that I've seen from people who've watched it before it came out, like, cause I had a friend who was like, we're going to watch this. So you want to watch it with me? And was like, loves haunting of hill house and i had to be like just so you know it is going to be different like yeah. i don't want you coming in here with this like concept that it's going to be like that because his right. his wife like doesn't like horror and so oh, she was sure. like oh god he's gonna make me watch this i was like no you're gonna be fine oh yeah, like, yeah you're, you're, no, gonna you're gonna good. enjoy yourself <laughs> but i've seen like people like hating on it and not understanding that like horror as a genre has like these subgenres and then it right. is so like advanced of like, right. it's
2: not just slashers. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. murder hack them up. Sometimes right. it can just be like a, like a slightly scary time. Right. Like, like exactly. a light dose.
1: Exactly. And, and that's, that's what Bly Manor is. And I completely, I, I did my quick review, very, very spoiler free. Um, but I got to actually watch Bly Manor a month ago. Really enjoyed Blind Manor, first and foremost. But when I first started watching Blind Manor, I expected Hill House. And okay. I wasn't disappointed initially with my experience, um, per se. It wasn't until maybe episode three is when I was just like, okay, I understand what's going on here. Like, I get it. I get what's happening. Um, but initially, when I first started kind of falling into it, episode one hit, and I was like, okay, this is... This is maybe not exactly what I was expecting, but it it it's kind of getting creepy, I guess. And then uh nothing was really happening like as of the way that Hill House has progressed and yeah. That's when I was like, "Okay, I think this is I'm going to have to change my complete perspective on what I'm watching. I'm not watching Hill House, I'm watching Bly Manor and I need to change my perspective to that." And um uh, and this has come from someone who ha- who hasn't read the story of Turning of a Screw, um, or h- hasn't watched the movie that came out earlier in, t- in January called The Turning. Um, I didn't watch yeah. watch that. I didn't read. I, I, and even though it's it's a very short read, it's like an article. So I, I mean, we could probably <laughs> all read it like super quick. But I I haven't. And since I haven't gone in with. Comp- complete and utter zero background. I mean, we had so many different iterations of Hill House. We had The Haunting, we had uh, The Haunting of Hill House, the other one from 1999. It was mm-hmm. just so many, we had House on Haunted Hill. It's so many different pieces of aspects that we've had with uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, but when we got this iteration for Bly Manor, that is where I really kind of applauded Mike Flanagan, for having the, I guess, the patience with other directors kind of taking a story that he formulated with a group of other writers and so on and so forth. And it actually just made the experience that much more fascinating. Um, and a few of my friends actually had the opportunity to direct an episode or two. And um, I want to say episode eight was directed by my friend Excel. Um, and oh, cool! Yeah, and she nailed it. She did fantastic. Um, if you're familiar with her work, she she uh, did all of season one of Sabrina, um, Chilling Adventures mm, of Sabrina. Oh, wow! So yeah, so yeah, so she. I it, honestly it's hands down my favorite episode, and I, I'm i very excited for most people to get to episode eight. Cause I'm just like, yo, what did you do on episode eight? Because it was it's <laughs> really good. Uh, but I i absolutely adore that show, and I think it needs a little bit more patience than what people are giving it. Um, because it, it is a gothic romantic horror. Um, and even mm-hmm. someone asked me, or like, okay, so it's more like Crimson Pink. I'm like, not really. Like Crimson Peak is a lot more brutal than this. I mean, that sink scene in Crimson Peak, that yeah. is not in Blind Manner. It's like is
0: more Jade Eyre. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like,
1: it's not, it's not that brutal, but it's, this is like a more of a back end esque of like Mahalan Drive or something mm-hmm. like that. It, it feels very much like that, um, which is great, but. I, I love Ply Manor. I can't wait for you both to watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. Especially, like, got, I love gothic horror. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I just think it's, like, a, it's it's a fun genre. And, again, it's it's that kind of, it speaks to how complex horror can get, that it can kind of dive into all these little niches of, like, right. <laughs> content. Right. And then you're, like, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> so whenever people are all, like, I don't like horror. I was like, you just haven't watched the right horror film. Or a horror show. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. You haven't watched it for you. And I I know I have a a group of friends who, uh, actually one friend in particular, I'm not going to mention names uh, because I don't want to embarrass them. But uh, initially they were just like, horror is not good. And I was like, "Well, well, 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 hold on here. What is your definition of horror? Because horror spans so many leaps and bounds of different types of things. And yet, you're claiming that it's not good based off of what subgenre cuz we have mm-hmm. so many we have so yeah. many that we can dive into it's it's just it's it's beyond me on how many different types of things that we can actually talk about there's folk horror gothic horror there's slashers there's uh gore there's torture porn there's so many different things that you can just kind of dip your toe in and see what you like see what you don't like um i love psychological horror that's one of my favorites i'm a huge psychological horror fan um and i also love folk horror and mainly because folk horror is to me, personally, it's very misunderstood because it's so slow and things like that, but that's the beauty behind folk horror to me. But mm-hmm. I'm actually writing a folk horror. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it, it's I don't know what it's truly going to be just yet, um, but I guess this is the first time anybody is hearing about this. Um, but we initially, got, got a little exclusive going. Um, but I, I am writing a piece called Abby, which I have said that I'm in vocally writing about, um, but we are actually now in pre-production of Abby so we are kind of wrapping up on on getting the story really honed in and down and we're talking to voice actors now and all that great stuff so uh, Abby is going to be we don't know where it's gonna come out yet so that's that's one thing we haven't shopped around yet but (laughs) Uh, Abby is going to be an auto, an audio um, horror drama that will be actually coming out sometime <gasps> in 2021. Best. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited. So it's a fun project. I'm really excited for this to really, really get off the ground and uh, see the uh, light of day. So yeah. So you heard it first, Abby. It's going to be an audio <laughs> horror drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds so fun. That's like definitely one of my favorite. Uh, ways to ingest horror oh, uh, yeah. is the audio drama. Um, one of my favorites being Alice isn't dead.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I haven't finished it, but I, I I definitely love Alice isn't dead. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, when uh, Abby kind of takes off, definitely be sure to share it with us because we we'll oh, want we'll to do. promote it and put it out. Anything you do, we'll put yeah. it out there because we want yeah. people we'll to also listen to it.
2: Appreciate that.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for um for our listeners, why don't you uh I mean it's already like <laughs> almost 20 minutes in, but uh kind of give them uh a, a little bit about yourself and like you know your own answer to why horror and <laughs> what they can find at Nightlight Pod.
1: So initially uh yes, I am the host of Nightlight, a horror movie podcast, and um yeah, I love horror. I, I am probably I like to. I like to consider myself a, a an apologist when it comes to horror. Sometimes because I I jump a lot of different genres of where I'm just like, oh, I love this sub genre now. I love this sub genre the most. But in reality, I just love them all. And sometimes I have to, I guess, take on a bigger leap on what I love more. But I'm just uh, super stoked on honestly just horror in general. But why horror? To answer your other question. Um... Horror is something that gives me a laundry list of catharsis, And when I think of something that makes me feel good or makes me feel um, safe, this is a very odd way of putting this, I think of horror. It's just such a grounding way for me to kind of situate myself back into reality and um, as both of you have mentioned that you, you've you seen a few of my tweets on Bly Manor, um, there was one in particular about The Guardian, um, not to hate on The Guardian or anything, but there was in, one in particular where they had a uh, member of The Guardian review Bly Manor, and the first thing that they said is, I'm not a horror fan. And mm-hmm. that is something that kind of really cut me deep, and um, it's, it's things like that that makes us horror fans kind of feel like we're still not completely accepted. And when we hear things like, I don't watch horror because there's enough horror in the world. Okay. That's one of the reasons why we watch horror. It's because there's horror in the world. And we want to kind of numb ourselves with something that is far worse than what's happening in our world currently. And I feel like horror is very conscious of the times. And we see that time and time and time again, where we get it. Especially with Nia Dacosta's Candyman, where that is really big on gentrification and how that expanded even more from 1992 in Chicago's from uh, uh gosh like Bernard Rose, uh, Bernard Rose's Candyman mm-hmm. in 1992, and with all of that expansion like that this is something that is we're seeing time and time and time again where gentrification is huge especially in the bay area especially in in new york in chicago in philly like it's 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 happening everywhere (laughs) in all these major metropolitan cities and we don't really get to see that kind of placed on screen as a horror narrative when that is actually terrifying for some people is losing their house that is scary that is genuinely scary and if we can take that and kind of flip it to make this to where it is something that can feel not real but necessarily just a little bit worse (laughs) you find that catharsis inside of that and I'm all for mental health and well-being and things like that. And I truly deeply find that within the horror genre and especially with multiple horror subgenres with psychological horror being one of my favorite. Um, you get so many different aspects of that. Um, we actually covered back in March, I think uh, where it was films that were for uh, kind of like mental awareness in a way um where we covered only psychological horror films and one in particular was Jacob's Ladder and how that dealt with PTSD and going over war trauma and things like that and we ran into that to where the these are broad and discussed discussions that we have to where this is something that we don't personally experience because we've never fought in a war, but at the same time, us seeing it from a perspective of seeing demons, hallucinations, um, having flashbacks of the war, all of that has really kind of teeter tottered our progress of initially thinking about why horror is a piece of cathartic media. And it's just absolutely phenomenal and i i honestly i can gush about horror all day long which is why i have a horror movie podcast probably but, <laughs> but yeah why horror because horror is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah which is why we invited you here because <laughs> we feel the same way um yeah we get de- we you know have found time and time again that horror kind of allows its audience to act out these fantasies um, and and to kind of like in a safe space, play out these things. And we know that, you know, one, it's fake, right? We know that there's going to be a resolution. There's going to be an ending that we could, we could close our eyes. Like we have the power (laughs) to do that. And then when we open them, we're somewhere else, right? Right. Like we have progressed. And that kind of helps with uh, who you are. Cause I, I mean, growing up, I've, I've always loved horror myself. Um, and I've had family members who like didn't understand, and they were always just like, "Why do you want to watch that murder? Like, doesn't that make you like an angry person, or doesn't that make you like uh, desensitized to violence?" Right. And it's like, not at all. Like, I, I, if anything, uh, I'm still very, you know, I'm react very reactive, very genuine. Your <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it might help that if I were in a a situation that was stressful, I have kind of a leg up because I'm not going to have the same amount of shock factor. Like I, yeah. I mean, I'll still be like, "Oh, I know what's going on," right. but you kind of have this recovery time that's a little more, uh, <laughs> you know, advanced than anyone who's like, "I, I, like, am afraid of anything violent." Right. Um Because yeah, like pretending it isn't there doesn't mean it's not
1: exactly. And that's that's the thing where I feel like horror really plays quite the role in, I guess, life in general is where a lot of people is kind of like out of sight, out of mind. You know, I don't. I don't have to think about it. If I'm not thinking about it, it's not there. And very much, we're seeing that with coronavirus and things like that, right? Where it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. nope, I don't believe in coronavirus. It's not real. I I can't see it. I can't feel it. Uh, and then then when it gets to you, you feel it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> initially, these are the types of pieces of horror that you want to respect. Is where you don't want to actually have that motion of out of sight, out of mind, because that that sucks to be honest, like (laughs) when you say this is real and this is what's going on, this is, this is life. um, Then you come to a better understanding and you have the opportunity to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And Mm -hmm. that's where you get like, especially if you're talking about like the movie us, like Jordan Peele's us or get out or anything like that, where that brings up topics that are very deep in symbolism that you definitely don't have to talk about. But at the same time, If you have that concept of out of sight, out of mind, you won't see that us is a story about the poverty line or that get out is uh, about the incarceration system. And um, it's very much on the top end. I'm getting chased by my doppelganger. Oh, my God. Or, oh, man, this is appropriation of black people. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's just like these are very much on the surface that are very cool to talk about and very. very actually important to talk about as well, because being afraid of yourself that is a very deep thing that is a very self aware thing, but at the same time, when you take the step back to really dig deep, this shows you how to be empathetic towards other people, and I feel like very much horror films has created my empathy and my kindness in a way um like I think it was maybe gosh two thousand eight when I watched martyrs um i know yeah that's a rough one Mm -hmm. but when i watched that i was in high school so i was 17 and um when i watched that i felt so bad for how i treated women and that made me feel like i needed to take a step in a different direction on how i go about treating women and things like that and i'm not saying like Oh, I treated women so poorly to the point where they wanted to kick me in the face. <laughs> like, it was just <laughs> more so. I wanted to be not, I guess, not that guy who initially saw as you're only here f- as another person. And that's it. Just like that guy over there. When it's more than that. Like, no, you're more than just a person. Like, you have this really cool aspect b- behind you. And, I want to learn more about that. And Martyrs actually is a movie that taught me that because of all of the situational awareness that they had to put themselves into, which was uh, it's very traumatic, but, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but all of that has taught me to want to learn more about each and every person and want to actually understand where they're coming from in many different aspects of life. And i I don't know, be kind to people and and watch horror movies because it really teaches you how to be kind to people. (laughs) It really, really does.
2: (laughs) That's so real. I feel like, yeah, horror operates as like a conversation starter, but then also as like a bridge to empathy because you're witnessing like such horrific things or you're like seeing things like as we kind of started Gabe, it was like that horror is like on the fringe so it can say things that other genres sometimes can't. And it shows things in a more, I guess, gruesome or... I guess authentic honest. way. Yeah. It's right. just honest when that's not something a lot of, especially in America that like people are used to see and they're used to the rose colored sugar coated, everything's nice and happy. Exactly. Um, but horror does have this like really great way of being like, no, yeah. <laughs> lots not- of things suck. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> what are you going to do when all the stuff starts Absolutely. to like hit the fan? Are you right. going to fight and survive and like help people? Or are you yeah. going to, Be every person in a zombie movie,
1: right?
3: Yeah, Um, who's way worse than all the zombies?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: it's yeah, I totally agree. I think that's so true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's horror's great. It's just it's so man. I I, one more thing before I guess we go to another question. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The thing about horror that really fascinates me the most is where is actually when people don't like it and I love suggesting things that they may particularly enjoy and I'm a huge fan of the whole term gateway horror because anything could be gateway horror like if if you Mm -hmm. like I know people who are don't like horror because they say quote-unquote it's not scary or um there wasn't enough blood or whatever and I'm just like oh you want blood oh you want scary all right have you heard of terrified have you heard of uh gosh i don't know i I, I probably could throw martyrs again but high tension like there's so many different aspects of if you truly want to be scared or if you truly want to see something gory or the destruction of the body or whatever there's stuff like that. I mean, we don't even have to stick to modernized films. We can go all the way back to 1970s. We go back all the mm-hmm. way to the 1960s. If you want to go um, Herschel Gordon Lewis or if you want to go David Cronenberg, if, you, mm-hmm. if, if yeah, there's Cronenberg. just so mm-hmm. many different aspects of of directors that really took it there to where they will scare you and they will make you feel like you don't want children ever like with the brood <laughs> or
3: yeah. maybe,
1: or maybe you don't want to go to a louisiana with 2000 maniacs or 2001 maniacs yeah there, there's so many different aspects of horror that can kind of detour your attention and show you something that is considered gateway and i love that i love gateway horror i love i love just so many different aspects of being able to show something to someone. And I'm actually really excited for my daughter to get older, uh, to be able to share those things with her. Cause I, I really can't wait for her to see like over the garden wall or Coraline and stuff like that. Mm, kind of like Coraline. those more child friendly horror films that, mm-hmm. uh, Initially, we kind of in a way kind of grew up with, even though we did, probably, totally didn't grow up with either one of them. We're 100% yeah.
2: team, scare your kids. Uh, oh, we yeah. Were, yeah. We grew oh, up in I'm the gonna... 90s where there were no kids' television and everything was for children.
1: Exactly. There we And go. we're
2: wonderfully traumatized by that. And Goosebumps, that's how we are who we are today. Are Your today.
1: of the Dark, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yep. Indiana, all that stuff. Give me, so weird. I, I want all that. Just give it all to me. I'm, I just, I, I, Want her to see that this is the stuff that her mom and dad grew up with. And I, I'm glad that she's young because she's not going to really know what's considered cheesy yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, she doesn't
2: know the end of the sixth sense. Exactly, she's like, that's the exactly. first time for her. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it could, it could be a first for everything. So I'm going to be like, oh, this is so weird. And even though so weird, it's insanely cheesy. It's still really really good and there's a lot of really cool talking points and all that great stuff
0: yeah i think one of my uh favorite things um for for listeners of, of our show are people who are like you know they'll like talk to us and be like i don't like horror or like i didn't i didn't like horror um until i like listen and realize like oh zombies mean like consumerism or yeah. our fear of the nuclear holocaust or like <laughs> you know, like that we kind of show them that it it can mean more than that. And they can step away from just, like, the frights that were, like, keeping them from, like, indulging in it and being like, okay, I'm going to get through this because I know it's about something else. Uh, It kind of gives them that power, (laughs) like, knowledge of, like, yeah. And, like, that's, like, super exciting um, for, for, like, new horror fans or people who are starting to kind of open up and see that there's more to the genre. And I think um, one of the things that I'm excited about for the future of horror is that, you know, we could definitely use some more, but we are kind of seeing new faces and new voices. Like we are, you know, kind of opening up the space to (laughs) allow for these stories being told by the people that (laughs) that it's covering, right? Like to have Jordan Peele be like, this is about racism. I'm not even gonna pretend that something else. Like you gotta know, right? And like, and that opened it up to him to be able to be like, all right, now we're gonna talk about classism. Let's go, like, you know? And and it's like, if we get more of those, like, we get more experiences and more opportunities to have that empathy, like we can have people finally see and have that aha moment of like, oh, my God, I didn't notice that. I had been kind of perceiving this group of people in this way, and didn't know um, mm-hmm. because we're so influenced by yeah. what we're seeing yeah. on TV. Like people don't absolutely. understand how representation can influence, like and how yourself, you see yeah. people around you until <laughs> so you see something. And yourself, absolutely. Like I think our um, when we did our horror, oh, Wild yeah. Black uh, oh, series yeah. uh, during the summer, which was a yeah. pretty rough time uh just to to kind of cover in 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 america um and so it was like it was a very raw experience to kind of talk about those things but we were also thankful to have that opportunity that we do Mm -hmm. have media out there that allowed us to kind of like let's look at this let's see what the experience is like and understand that horror is different for everybody because where they come from you know, like because of how you experience the world, the world's going to look different to you, um, and therefore your horrors look different from mine.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I, I love when film can actually go ahead and provide that perspective on uh, so many different levels. And it's it, it I, we actually had a discussion about this on uh, a panel that I was a part of on Sam, uh, Salem Horror Fest, um, but. <clears throat> Excuse me, inside that panel, we uh, discussed about a character that was technically written white then transitioned to a person who was of, of uh color is telling such a different story, and it, it, you get to see it from a slightly different perspective and have it from a different understanding um instead of seeing that in initially uh, a white perspective. she was like, "Can you imagine if?" Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street was black. Like that would have told a completely different story. Like it it's it's so interesting to see how that is what actually is able to span our thought process on um film in general. It's just seeing how a person of color can slightly tell a separate, different story. Um, and I'm not saying this is a necessity all the time, it would be awesome, but <laughs> it's it's this is something that. I just personally think for myself is that I would like to see that more representation on screen that will allow us to uh, just be able to see these things in a different light. And that is what horror has been doing. And it still has a lot of work to do, but it has been a lot more open and I'm glad to see icons like Candyman come back. And um, I'm loving the work that Jordan Peele's doing. I'm loving the work that Mike Flanagan's doing to where he is giving um, black people a voice in his films and his um, TV shows and things like that um, and not even just black people people of color like in Haunting of Hill House we had um, uh, Levy Tran um, and in *Blind Manor I'm blanking on her name And I, my apologies but in *Blind Manor we have a strong black character who's in almost every single episode and it's, it's really cool stuff like that um, and then he gave us Abra in Doctor Sleep and it, it, you're able to kind of see where film is starting to go where you got like with uh the girl with all the gifts who was a character that was for sure written white um and they transitioned her into a black girl and that just told a completely separate story of being able to instill your trust not only in a child that is different but in a black child that is different and it's so so fascinating and man I, I I'm really enjoying this kind of renaissance of of taking these separate. I wouldn't even call them risks. There's nothing to risk here. There's yeah. just these, these these separate perspectives, yeah. and I'm I'm really really enjoying that renaissance of this separate perspective. Really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I think it adds to uh, just the the genre as a whole because. I mean, we've seen and heard those same stories time and time again. Uh, You know, we've had those slashers. We've had, like, there's only so many ways (laughs) that you could tell the same white experience, (laughs) like white male experience, right? Um, And that's, like, not to say that we don't need them. Like, there's been some really great things from that. but there are more people in the world and you're only adding to it. Like you're only giving us more experience. You're only like improving, you're only becoming more inventive by putting the pen uh, in someone else's hand and kind of passing, you know, the camera over and being like, it's your turn. I've done a lot. And now it's your turn.
2: It's like the one episode Um, we had where it was like, it doesn't just like erase all the ones that happened before. It's just new stuff. It's like the remake of Watchmen. It was so much better. (laughs) <laughs> it's <laughs> positive <possible laughs> <much better. laughs> oh, time yeah. it's just a new exactly. thing yeah. everyone needs it
1: <laughs> they're embracing and and i'm not yeah. sure how far you you are oh wait no you you said you're all caught up on lovecraft country correct
2: yes like, not the see- new new episode that right, came out tonight, that, but... that,
1: that is airing tonight but uh just seeing that and i i remember when it first released or the very first episode came out and i sent out a tweet saying please watch this and um, understand it. Just truly take a time to kind of open your mind and understand. And if you have questions, ask those questions. Like it's completely fine to not know this. Like Mm -hmm. my wife has never heard of a sundown, um, sundown County. And it, and that was an interesting conversation that I had to explain to her. And Mm -hmm. um, these are all things that are, all that should be a part of conversations every day they mm-hmm. shouldn't be something that you find out in a tv show i'm yeah. glad that people are finding out about it but it really kind of breaks my heart that no one has heard of juneteenth until yeah. this year like yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like i was even telling my mother-in-law and she was like i've never even heard of this holiday i was like oh yeah like we used to celebrate it all the time and which it would mainly just be family gatherings and barbecues but still mm-hmm. it we did it on juneteenth and it, it's it's things like that that makes me excited to see where the future goes um mm-hmm. of people being more educated on this kind of stuff and understanding and taking an opportunity to to, to look at it from that perspective and and granted we're going to get a lot of haters out of this, just as we have. We're going to get a lot of evil people who want to capitalize off of something like this or who want to kind of bring it down and say that it doesn't exist and all this other stuff. And it's it's nonsense like that that really makes me angry. And it, to even kind of piggyback off what you said earlier, Gabe, about like uh, your family saying like Does, doesn't horror films make you angry and, and make you want to I don't know hurt people and, and it's just like no statements like that make me want to hurt people like, <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Like, you need to stop <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's your ignorance <laughs> that's gonna set me off right now yeah I th- I mean um so we were talking to uh our last episode was with Sade Sellers who was with you oh, on the cool. the Salem uh Uh, Show so uh, she did mention um, kind of like switching out for any of the kids in I know what you did last summer uh, and making them black, but even just thinking of like Candyman, right? Like the original Clive Barker tale is not set in Chicago. (laughs) It's not about you know, and so like redhead, (laughs) yeah, and it, it, it is. It is similar in like, you know, there is, you know, statements about class um, and, and kind of that tension. But to move it to America and then the natural thing to do is then to move it uh, and, and make it about race because that right. seems to go hand in hand. And so seeing something like that is why Candyman is such an important piece of media in horror specifically. And I think why the kind of... Um, evolution to to now have Nia DaCosta's Candyman, which is, is yeah. so relevant and present and kind of brings us back to that whole, like, uh, the experience being in the, the audience together and the fact that, like, she's like, we postponed it to next year because it has to be a community thing. Right. Yeah. Because, like, it so much is that, right? And I think... Right now is a time when we really need a film like Candyman. Uh, we need shows like Lovecraft Country and Watchmen so people can learn about Tulsa. Because like, yeah. <laughs> it makes us then question, like, what else
2: yeah, have they not, not been know? telling us? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah like, it's an, there's an insidious... Conspiracy in the system, right in America, yeah. and it always comes back to that. Where I'm like, it's so brilliant, it's so real. I thought, <laughs> I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, you don't understand. It is right. systemic. <laughs> like you go off on like,
2: everything, yeah, tangents. It is. yeah.
0: And totally. I think, um like we said, we're being that fringe kind of allows us to to live out those fears, even if you're not, you know, in that world specifically, totally. um, and and have that empathy right um yeah uh because we're at uh, about 40 something minutes (laughs) we should probably (laughs) hop into our film film. (laughs) uh we'll do a little bit of it uh so um (laughs) we are going to talk about scare me um which is brand new uh came out for you know the spooky season on shutter uh it is about two strangers tell scary stories in a catskills cabin during a power outage and is directed by joss rubin starring him and Aya cash and chris Red. um we uh watch i, I saw the trailer for it like a while ago and then I heard it was coming out and everyone was going crazy on Twitter of course and I was like I have to see it I also love Aya Cash like we are mm-hmm. big fans of You're the Worst yeah, so like sure. anything she's in I'm like yes yeah she's uh, a great actress <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's awesome need more of her I have not watched season two of the boys yet uh because i don't know if i'm quite ready to hate her <laughs>
1: like, right, right. Of,
0: yeah. i would like,
1: say now that it's done you're in a good spot uh because once i got to episode three i was like oh my god i can't i can't <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> I Yeah. Can.
1: <laughs> but now that it's done like it, it's actually it, it's a really good watch it's a really yeah
0: good watch. you can have like a <laughs> <it pay off. laughs> like a breath yeah oh, oh, that's like, good um yeah we as soon as i i was like you know it wasn't on our list we you know, watch at least one to two horror movies every week for our show. And so it's been three um,
2: years, watch so many three years. uh,
0: (laughs) So it's like, ah, so it was like, not even on our list of like, this was like purely recreational horror, which we never really get to do anymore. (laughs) But I was like, we're making time. We're going to watch this. I want to see it. it. And it was so fun. It was, it it was a a great time. Uh, And I felt like it was very unique. And it's been a long time since i have like watched something and been like, I don't think I can think of another thing. Like there's so many references to, to horror. Um, but even with that, it's like, that's a part, that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> it's like, right. th- th- like, you know, and so, it was so uh, refreshing to, to see something new and inventive and very creative with such like a minimal set and just like these three actors. So most yeah. of the time, just to doing stuff that could keep you entertained for all that time.
1: Absolutely. We should get Josh on this show. Yeah, yeah absolutely 100% of mine I can I can reach out to him for you we, we should get him on the show they have him uh, actually really talk more about scare me with you but uh yeah, yeah no scare me is fantastic I it is absolutely bananas I've never seen anything like this before and when I explain it to people I'm you they're just like hot this doesn't sound like this works. And it, and it doesn't. <laughs> it, on paper, this does not sound like a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, It's just like it's like a guy in a cabin who tells him and this random person scary stories, but we don't act out, we don't cut to the scary story. Not like a, yeah. a, a normal anthology film that we're used to. Mm-hmm. So this is really an anthology film, and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a very well done one. But at the same time, this movie is very much a book. Right, mm-hmm. it is very much a short story, and it plays like one. And you have to really, really use your imagination to visualize what they're seeing. And Aya Cash and also Josh, they 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 both have like such fantastic facial expressions. Yeah, yes. expressive in, faces. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> oh, oh boy, hats yeah. off to him too. It's just, it's so much fun just seeing all of that, and you can tell that they just had fun
3: mm-hmm. with this
1: film and that was like the main basis of that we're having fun um I'm, i don't want to get into spoiler territory but uh and i won't i'm just, I'm just gonna mention one thing <laughs> but <laughs> uh initially the film is mainly a basis off of um uh inspiration and copying and mm-hmm. that is genius to me is that we see every film nowadays in when was the last time you watched a film that it didn't remind you of another film?
2: Mm -hmm. Like it's just,
1: it, it happens because they get inspiration and things like that from all these different types of pieces. And this was done so well to where it's just like, uh, one redacted person's work was stolen, then another redacted uh, person's uh, work was stolen, and then redacted person got famous off of redacted person's stolen story. <laughs> and at the same time, they still were even referencing other uh, movies within their reenactments where we had Jaws, we had uh, Tales of the Crypt, we had, it was yeah. so many yeah. great little pieces that were added to that to where this was a story about taking someone else's work and not owning it initially. But that is what that film basis really felt like. And I've seen I've seen Scare Me maybe close to 15, 16 times. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Scare Me. But um, I had the opportunity to watch it a, a, a couple of weeks before it actually got released. And I just hit up Josh immediately. I, I, I texted him. I was like, dude, I don't know how you did this but thank you (laughs) thank you for putting this out into the world because this is something that definitely resonates with me and it's my second favorite movie of the year and i which is which was i thought was going to be really hard to beat because i I saw a film called come true i'm not too sure if you've seen seen that yet okay not yet okay it's not coming out until 2021 but uh come true is fantastic it's like a reimagining of nightmare on elm street almost it is something like i'm like i I don't even know how to really explain it without giving it away but <laughs> come true i thought was unbeatable i thought come true was gonna be completely unbeatable and two films beat it quickly for me possess yeah. and scare me and that was just like all right now this is where we're at right now <laughs>
0: Which is like exciting, right? Like I think uh, this year has been really fun for horror. Like I keep seeing a lot of new things popping up where it's like, what is that? Like, oh my gosh. And like, and and diversity too. Like I'm seeing like a lot of black faces on screen and I'm like, yes, Yes. what is this? I need to watch that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bring me all of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think Shudder is doing such a great job too. Um, There are parts... Sometimes where I'm just like, uh, you know, hoping that there could be more, but Shudder really is kind of doing some really interesting things. Like one, having like the documentary of horror noir and coming out with horror, the uh, queer horror documentary too. like to have these conversations that um, can be accessible by everyone to watch and, and see like oh wait you know what like this whole right. time horror has been doing this and Absolutely. like we yeah. made jokes about it but it's real it <laughs> affects people um yes. and and then just having like these films like um we watched spiral mm-hmm. and we're so you know good. taken aback by that's so good and it was like we had just done um last year a representation in horror series and one of our like we had guests come on from those communities to talk about how they're represented in in horror and kind of dissect films. And when we had our LGBTQIA episode, um, it was kind of hard to find like a, a horror film we wanted to talk about that like yeah, they, was like, positive. And we actually it wasn't upsetting. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up settling on uh I'm totally blanking on the name, but it's by the people who did Sp- spiral. It's their first oh. one. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. Dang, what I, what 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 does on that too what do you what keeps oh man, you alive it's like a question what keeps you alive yeah. yes
1: yes what keeps you alive
0: yep. yeah and so i was like that it's so exciting that we have uh another one like this year right like that this person is able to have a platform to to mm-hmm. create that and like so mad I'm blanking on names right now um but it's it i think it's a very exciting time in in the horror world because um i think people are finally starting to see Uh, the merit and value from featuring these other voices
1: i agree definitely agree horror is just such a a a great place to find that uh initial balance and even my buddies uh joe and trace from horror queers they're doing really great work of dissecting those particular types of films with that um horror twist to it like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or um mm-hmm. or even Spiral even. But it's just it's it's so many great aspects of being able to see that perspective. And um I love that kind of stuff. I, I really, really love that. And I, I love like even the work that Bloody Disgusting in general is doing when it comes to uh the podcast repertoire. Um because I that that's where Nightlight's uh home is Nightlight's uh, a part of Bloody Disgusting but initially where we have so many different shows that come from so many different perspectives that it's just lovely to see and i'm proud of all of the great stuff that we're getting now um, for 2020 and what's coming in 2021 i mean we get a quiet place part 2 in 2021 everybody like uh, how exciting is that mm-hmm. like come on <laughs> yeah uh, but like it's it's all of that kind of stuff that we as horror fans can look forward to because there's an expansion of uh, diversity. Because we, we hear the term get thrown around of elevated horror. But I mm-hmm. always say like, no, this isn't elevated horror. This is diverse horror. This is, this is horror now showing a diverse leg. This isn't elevated. Horror has always been smart since the 1940s. Let's even go yeah. back since the 1890s. We can go back to yeah. Mary Shelley's uh, Frankenstein. So it's like, yeah. horror's always been smart it's never has not been a smart genre. And with, that was a double negative, but whatever. <laughs> 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 with, with, uh, with that being said, this is diverse horror, what we're in right now. This is something that we're, we're not seeing a lot of leg on where I was listening to someone on a podcast talk about how they compared Invisible Man to Hereditary and Get Out saying this is elevated horror. And um, when I was listening to say that, I was just like, well, first and foremost, I love Invisible Man, but it is not even close to what Get Out and, and Hereditary did. But what Invisible Man did do that is fantastic and really needs to be shown is it really talked about how toxic relationships can be.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: how, well, not all of them, but how <laughs> a toxic relationship it feels like you're trapped and it feels like you can never let go even when you want to. And Or even when you try to, and there's always some type of hole to where you maybe have to take legal action or maybe you have to uh, even move, which is horrible to think about. But all of this abuse that came within that film are things that are not to me, elevated. That's diverse. We don't see that in horror that blatant. And uh-huh. when you see it on screen, that blatant, like you, we we get it a lot in like rape and revenge films where you get it in revenge and you get it in the nightingale and things like that, where it's the toxic toxicity of men in general. Men suck sometimes. <laughs> uh, but initially, with all of that, you really get the aspect of seeing certain pieces and it even span even deeper where everyone thought she was crazy. and. That's another thing. And that was one thing that a buddy of mine also was just like, like, oh man, I would have loved it if there would have actually been nothing there. And I was like, no, like that, that's, that's not the point. You're not getting it. Like the whole thing is about this toxic, toxic relationship that she was stuck in until even after death, she was stuck in this toxic relationship. And that is the point of this film. And that is something that I applaud because it is, it is diverse. It is something we we don't get to really discuss on film, and I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. And Lifetime's obviously been doing this for years, right? <laughs> Lifetime Network—they've been doing that stuff for years, which mm-hmm. is great. Like we got we got you from that from so th- that's oh, that's yes. all great and stuff like that. So you it, is it's, a
2: situation.
1: You is you is a situation, <laughs> but I mean, without Lifetime, we wouldn't have gotten you, and then they scrapped it, and then Netflix picked it up, and it was the whole thing. Um, shout out to Victoria Petaretti, though. She is just a, an absolute <laughs> delight. She is fantastic. From Hill House to Bly Manor to U Season 2. She's great.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: um, yes, I don't know where I was going with all this, but Diverse Horror, this is <laughs> this is <a> <laughs> where we're at right now. And I am living in it. And I want this to be the norm. I want this to show this type of, of diversity throughout years to come. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I think, you know, as long as we're allowing uh people to tell their stories and and kind of giving more opportunities for that we're gonna get like this amazing horror like i think of um like we there are parts of of invisible man we liked um specifically with cinematography um and the the pitch of it of course we were like oh my god like abusive relationships like don't we know um and and but there were parts of it that we were disappointed in as women right like it was like I imagine what this film would be in different hands, right? Like, right. and and the 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 kind of different storytelling we can have with that as well, uh, yeah. that we get really excited about. And so it's like there's so like there's always room for improvement, obviously. Um, but I think there's a lot of of things that have been made, and, and I agree that it's <laughs> it's not really elevated horror or right. social horror because there's always been commentary. Horror has always been commentary on. Absolutely. What we are afraid of right now. So, like, if it's a nuclear holocaust, or right. um, we're afraid of, of like women controlling their bodies, like, mm-hmm. you know, Rosemary's mm-hmm. baby, you know, like, uh, we brilliant. have, <laughs> right? Like, uh, it has always been saying things. But what I think is great is that we have this kind of general populace that are now seeing that, mm-hmm. which means that now there's money there.
2: Right? Like, right. now
0: there's like an audience that's like, uh, you know, larger cool. and so we have more opportunities which is like super exciting and
2: yeah, yeah I think
0: that's great um yeah Kathy cool. specific
2: questions no questions I think like the biggest thing that I've been like thinking for like the last like minute is that like elevated is that's so interesting because that's just like privilege it's just like you know <laughs> oh, it's so nice that. that you don't have yes. to think about that all the time right wow so nice for you that's 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 a situation you know (laughs) like that's extra and it's like no no that's like people's day that's reality (laughs) like you thinking it's elevated is that's that's just some self-reflection that needs to happen maybe
1: absolutely could you imagine like if jennifer kent was the person who actually directed the invisible man like how much more visceral that would have been like come on yeah oh my god
0: right
2: yeah, yeah, and I th-
0: you know it, I hope that we I love, I love you, that Lisa, people yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I like, also have an expressive yeah. face and
2: can't help myself. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have a hard time not. My know, eyebrows uh, say all
2: my emotions.
1: <laughs> Let it out. Let it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: why we have this platform. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I really. Uh, for our listeners and viewers, uh, definitely check out Nightlight Pod. Um, we can check you out on uh, Twitter, Everywhere. correct? Yeah. Let's yes. see. I got Twitter some <laughs> plugs.
1: There we are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> At Goodnight Life. Uh, I also got your website here, goodnight.life/slash nightlight.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do the comms. So I'm, I'm glad you, you, you definitely got the life in there. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Copy and paste. Copy and paste. There
1: we go. <laughs> Love it.
0: Yeah. Is there anywhere else that our uh, listeners or viewers could find you? Yeah, uh,
1: you can find me personally on Twitter as well, at TheHeadNight, that's Night with a K as well. Or you can find me over on um, uh, uh, Bloody Disgusting as well, bloody com.
0: Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been super fun. Yeah. Um, Thanks we so were so excited. Like we were <laughs> like, this is so great. This is our time of the, you know, uh, because it goes out for November is yes. my birthday month. So I was like, that's when I want to like be with people that I care about or like yes. that will make me feel good things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so- I love it. I love it. That's my birthday month too. So I, I I'm oh, right there with you yeah Scorpios. november 16th that's that's me
0: yeah yep, yep. mine's <laughs> november 4th and so it's oh, coming up it's right after election day <laughs> right we'll see it's if it's a Well, if we're yeah, still here
2: uh there's a comet so we could be living yeah. melancholia we don't even know oh, oh go. god that's oh, horrible. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying uh-huh. um
0: yeah i um yeah, this has been so much fun um, kind of geeking him, out yeah. with you. Well, cat as we say. Oh yeah, don't get married. Really. Your kiss. kids. <laughs> I
1: love that. <laughs>